Welcome to Sojourners in the Storm podcast. Today we are going to be covering chapter 5 of 1 John, and we'll be going through verses 1 through 5. The title of this message is Belief Brings Love, Obedience, and Victory. So let's open with a word of prayer. Father God, Lord, thank you for another day, Lord. Thank you for another opportunity to share your word, to share the gospel with, uh, uh, with people around the world, Father. Father, I pray that you would bless this time, Lord, that you would encourage those that are listening, Lord, and that uh, together we can grow and, and, you know, be a stronger part of your kingdom, Father. Father, we thank you and we pray to you in Jesus' name. Amen. <clears throat> All right. So belief brings love, obedience, and victory. Fire is something that we often use in our daily lives, but never really put much thought into. In order to create or start a fire, we are in need of three elements, right? First, we need fuel, something to uh, uh, something to, to burn, and next we need oil, uh, or you know, or, or uh, you know, a fuel can be a type of oil or wood or or anything else. Next, we need the oxygen. You know, the oxygen is what fuels the fire. It it it, it breathes life into it. And uh, lastly, we need a, a, a spark, right? We need some kind of a torch or a spark or something to ignite the, the, the um, oxygen and the fuel together. Um, you know, if you've ever cut with an oxyacetylene uh, torch in a welding application, you know that first you turn on your gas and then you spark the gas, the oxygen from the air around the end of the torch is what is used to ignite that gas. You get this nasty black smoke coming out of it. Acetylene is kind of a dirty gas. And then what you do is you start increasing the amount of oxygen in the flame. And the more oxygen you put, the more brilliant the flame gets. And you know the more, um, the less and less smoke you get, it starts to burn cleaner and it gets hotter. And eventually it's hot enough to cut metal. Um, you know, you can have a spark and oxygen, but you can't get anywhere without fuel. Uh, you know, you need all three elements to make this thing happen. <clears throat> um, if you were to take a candle, for instance, and put it in a glass jar and put the lid on that jar, uh, the, the, the flame would go out automatically, right? Because it runs out of oxygen. You have two elements, you have the spark and you have the flame, or the, the fuel and you have the flame, but you don't have the oxygen. <clears throat> you know, you can have the, uh, the oxygen and the spark, and you might be able to spark that really quickly and have a, a, a quick, brilliant spark, but after that it dies out because you have no fuel. You know, all three elements go in conjunction with one, of the, one, one another, is what I'm trying to get at. You know, if you don't have fuel, oxygen, and spark, you can't start a fire. Or you can, but it's not going to last very long, right? You need all three pieces in order to persevere. Now, in the first four chapters of John, he's introduced us to doctrinal faith in Jesus Christ through belief in the historical figure, the death and resurrection of Jesus, and his atoning work on our behalf. He has given us the moral aspect of our faith to obey the word of God as well as the social aspect, is, which is to love our neighbors as ourselves. You know, we cannot have true, a true faith and relationship with God unless we are in line with all three aspects. 
Just as fire needs three elements to survive and thrive, we need faith, love, and obedience to endure the trials, temptations, and snares that the world brings against us. Let's read our verses. Chapter 5, verse 1 says, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him, who begot, who begot also him, who is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments, for this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not burdensome, for whomever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. He, who is he who overcomes the world, but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? You know, although we face countless obstacles in life, as long as we hold true to the three cal uh, very key elements of our faith, we will be able to overcome all obstacles and endure the trials presented to us. The truth is most people are never really focused on the end goal of faith and get too caught up in the, pa in the present dilemma to really understand that, we are go that what we are going through is necessary. And, that mean, and the means of victory is so simple for us. It's like running a race and being more, more worried about how much more distance you have to cover than covering the actual distance. You know, we have to keep our focus on God in all times. And the results will be victory. We alone cannot overcome, but God in us is who brings us the victory through us. You know, first things first, though, we have to be wanting the victory that only God brings us. You know, that is achieved by the new birth that God gives us when we surrender to him. Next, it's something that we need to be asking for, I think, continually. It's not so much that God leaves us at any point, but that every situation requires a different action. It's why James says it, uh, why in James, it says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally without reproach, and it will be given to you. You know, our faith, our victory, and our confidence in trials comes from outside of us. And so we have to be aware that we alone are not the victors, but Christ through us. Verse 1 says this, Whoever believes that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone who loves him, who begot also him, is begotten of him. You know, belief is the result of new birth. And without belief, and with belief comes love and fellowship. Again, we are presented to us the doctrinal aspect or necessity of our faith. There are those that believe Jesus to be the Son of God, but do not live like it. There are those that believe it is as part of some myth or legend, or part of some religion of the world. And then there are those that have grasped the ultimate truth that Jesus was not just a mere man some 2,000 years ago, but the incarnation of God on earth, come down from heaven and gave, us his, gave his life in place of mine for my transgressions against the Holy God and Father. Uh, you know, believing that Jesus is the only begotten Son of God is our first pillar of faith. You know, we cannot have a Christian faith without a, a faith in Christ. We cannot be one like Christ, as the term Christian implies, without being born again through the Spirit. We are not born into our faith by the flesh, but by the Spirit. In John chapter 3, verse 5, it says this, Jesus answered, Most assuredly, I say to you, unless one is born of water and the Spirit, 
he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not marvel that I said to you, you must be born again. The wind blows where it wishes, and you hear the sound of it, but cannot tell where it comes from and where it goes. So is everyone who is born of the spirit. You know, we are not Christians because we were born in America. Just as Nicodemus was not saved because he was born a Jew. We are Christians because we believe on the name, person, and work of Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior. When we are born again, remember, we are part of God's adopted family through Christ. Secondly, loving one another is the result of belief in Jesus through obedience. Now let me ask you something. <clears throat> when we see somebody come to Christ during church, do we turn and reject that person or do we rejoice and cheer? You know, we all have a deep understanding of what a new believer is feeling because we've all experienced what they are experiencing at that moment, right? You know, we, we cheer and rejoice and pray for them. At least I do anyway. You know, they are no longer outsiders. They are now insiders. They are now brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, it's up to us from then on to disciple them, to help them along, to encourage those folks. We cannot do that if we do not love them. We cannot do that if we reject them. You know, all of us in our flesh are jealous when a new sibling is born. You know, we're going to have a less attention and less toys and less time with mom and dad. But we learn to love that sibling shortly after because we see their needs and weaknesses. We take care of them as we see them grow. We incorporate them into our lives more and more. We run with them, right? It's the same thing seeing somebody come uh, to Christ aside from the jealousy we know the Father has time for all of us, but and now we have uh, fellow harvesters in the field with us. We have new people to pray with and train up. You know, we wait to see what God is going to do through them as they mature. You know, we love one another because God loves us. In obedience, we share and teach and build each other up. We work to uphold the family name. You know, verse 2 says this, By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments and his commandments are not burdensome. You know, a family relationship brings together the love of God and the love for his children. You know, we are reminded of our commandment to love God and love our neighbors as well. We do this because God first loved us. We are to be patient and kind with those around us just as God is patient and kind with us. It's humbling to know that God loves us so much. And it's with great humility that we treat others with that same type of love and patience. You know, loving God and his children is how we carry out his commandments. We have, like I mentioned before, three key elements to our faith. And that is trusting Jesus, loving others, and obeying the word of God. We do all three when we obey what the word tells us and love others because we love and trust God. If these are our three commandments, we can then see that when we apply them all at once, it ignites a flame that is unquenchable. When we are sold out for God, we're going to love him with all we have, no matter what he asks us to do. We all are always going to be up for and trusting in the guidance uh, to do just that thing, right? Think about what it means to be sold out. Think of Abraham when God asked him to give his son. He was going to do it because he knew God would bring him back. 
didn't know how, but knew that he would. Then think about how a few thousand years later, God gave his own son on the same mountain, but this time did not stop the sacrifice and still brought him back. You know, faith moves mountains when we allow it to move in our lives. If God tells us to love others as we love ourselves, well, then that becomes our sacrifice on the hill because we know that all we do and all we give for others is going to be blessed. It's the obedience that is required, not the sacrifice. Sacrifice is the result of obedience. You know, secondly, love is always practical and active. Obedience and love almost never require the, the type of sacrifice that Abraham was presented with, but do require actions on our part. Prayer is action. Encouragement is action. Teaching is action. Compassion is action. These are practical things that we do for one another all the time without even thinking about it. Because in our faith we have obedience, and in our obedience we have love, and in love we serve the brethren. Take for example um, the Facebook post, uh, Facebook page that this group has. Uh, you know, currently we meet once a week. We go through these studies. Later in uh, on in the week, I'll come out and I'll record them, and I'll post them online for you guys. But you know, our close group. We have about nine or ten people that show up every week. You know, any of us need prayer. We post it on this Facebook page. And you know what? Everybody prays over it. And when we get together on Tuesday nights, the, the, the awesome thing is that everybody asks about that prayer request. You know, we all want to report. You know, has it happened yet? Or do we need to keep praying? You know, we're always there for each other. Lately, we're about once a week adding to the wall a person to pray for. You know, I don't know about you guys, but when I see something like that, or when I have somebody ask me for prayer, I stop what I'm doing and pray right then and there for that person. Half the time, I don't even know the person, but when we see somebody's hurting, we sympathize with them. We want it to end, so we pray because we want the best for them, out of love for both them and the person making the request for the prayer. We don't do it to make ourselves look holy or important. We do it because we love one another. You know, we ask for prayer because we love the person we are asking for prayer for. Knowing that Jesus is the solution to all problems, because he is divine, and because he is sympathetic to our needs as well. You know, all three elements of love are involved in that, in that one act, as we follow the commandments, and none are, heard from, are hard to follow when we first believe, and second, take a moment to see the miracles God is constantly working out all around us. <clears throat> And in also inside of us, you know, we face so much on a day-to-day uh, -day basis that without faith, hope, love, and obedience, uh, <clears throat> you know, we can't go very far. Obedience goes a long way when it comes to the choices that we make that without God, we would fail at, right? Verse 4 says this, for whoever is born of God overcomes the world. So being born of God brings victory over fleshly desires. There are so many entities out there trying to bring opposition to our faith. Deceptions, lies, half-truths, perversions and, uh, of truths, trials, temptations, fleshly lusts, pride. But when we put our faith in God, we make him our focus and our objective and goal. We will find the victory through him. You know, the word of God is a powerful tool. There is a reason that we call it a sword. Because we use it to dash and cut through the meat of sin. And, 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 you know, that ensnares us as we battle daily the forces of evil. 
It is our greatest source of strength because it reminds us of the promises of God, the pitfalls of disobedience, and the examples of both failure and triumph. We don't, do not have some far-out religious beliefs that have been passed down from generation to generation through legend or song. You know, we have a book written and given to us through the hands of men of all backgrounds and nationalities inspired by the Holy Spirit over a period of 1400 years with one central message that we can go back and look at and verify both through history, science, and philosophy. You know, we trust the Word of God. Then, uh, when we, If we trust the Word of God, then we trust that Jesus is our Lord and Savior. If we trust Jesus as our Lord and Savior, we will live as such because He made it possible. You know, He knows our strengths and He knows our weaknesses. He will bring us through all that comes our way if we rely on Him, if we obey Him, and if we do what we know is the most loving thing we can do by Him. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is He who overcomes the world? but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. You know, victory over the world is achieved only through faith in God. If we do not, not only do we as believers have to deal with the fleshly problems of the world, but we deal with the world systems as well. In Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, it says this, For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this age, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. You know, faith in God, an unwavering commitment to Him, and His word and way brings victory over such beings. You know, God's presence brings discernment in all matters. We gain victory when we put to use the knowledge we get from reading and praying over the word when we are faced with opposition, not only from our flesh, but from the enemy that is always trying to stumble, stray, and kill us. You know, when we have God, we have victory over all things. Both seen and unseen, evil and darkness is driven out by light, and God is light. You know, we can have confidence in knowing that no matter what comes our way, God will always provide the solution. That we are not ever in a position of defeat. We are always in a position of victory. Take, for example, Romans uh, chapter 8, verse 31. It says, What then shall we say to, uh, to these? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but delivered him up for all, uh, us all, how shall he not with him also freely give us all things? Who shall bring a charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is he who condemns? It is Christ who died, and furthermore is also risen. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also makes intercession for us? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor death, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, 
which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. You know, all the fear, anxiety, shame, doubt that the enemy brings against us, all the persecution and isolation the world can serve up are nothing when we trust that the victory has already been won. The trophy case in heaven is full, and the victor is at the right hand of the Father forevermore. Verse 5. Who is he who overcomes the world? but he who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. How do we gain victory? Only through Jesus Christ. In Romans chapter 10, verse 9, it says this, that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. For the scripture says, Whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 11 says, In him you were also circumcised, with circumcision made without hands, by putting off the body of the sins of the flesh, by the circumcision of Christ, buried with him in baptism, in which you also were raised with him through faith in the working of God, who raised him from the dead, and you, being dead in your trespasses and and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses, having wiped out the handwriting of requirements that was against us, which was contrary to us, and he has taken it out of the way, having nailed it to the cross, having disarmed principalities and powers, he made a public spectacle of them, triumphing over them in it all, uh, in it. You know, no other God, and I say God with the little g, can do what God, Yahweh God, has done for us. You know, we look to him for strength, for life, and for salvation. We have verified proof through scripture and prophecy that the God we trust is the God of truth. When we put our faith in Jesus Christ, we are not just joined in a church or religion. We are being adopted into the family of God. We are no longer outsiders separated from God. We are insiders in the bosom of the Lord. You know, we cannot overcome any real issue without Jesus, because in the grand scheme of things, all the worries of the world come down to the knowledge of one uh, of one's destiny and eternity. You know, the world may offer uh, all the solutions, all the schemes, all the how-tos that it can come up with, but God offers us his Son, and through him we overcome and become sons as well. You know, John asks a question and gives us the answer. Victory is in Jesus alone. Faith, obedience, and love are all that we need in a world full of problems. We have the simple solution. Father God, Lord, thank you for sending your son for us. Lord, thank you for giving us the opportunity, Lord, to just look to you, Lord. No matter what comes our way, we can always look to you, Father, because you've already beat it. We have the victory through you, Lord. Father, I pray that we would walk with this confidence, with a swagger, Lord, knowing that we've already won, Lord, that you have already won for us, Lord. Father, I just pray, Lord, that, uh, you know, we more of us would come to know you, Lord, that this world will be turned upside down, and not so much upside down, but right side up, Lord, by your word, by your way, by your virtue, by your character, Lord. Father, that we would develop that good godly character that you've instilled in us, Lord, and grow it, Lord that we would be examples of faith. Father, I thank you, and I pray to you, and ask you these things in Jesus' name. Amen.